2: Hello everyone and welcome into the Go 24-7 podcast. My name is Bryce Kuhn alongside Glenn West coming in from uh, the beautiful state of Florida, Tampa, Florida, where Glenn West got to witness uh, probably Glenn, you know, objectively the one of the best bowl games out of the non-playoff games that we got to see just from if you're a college football fan. now I know LSU fans were stressed there for a little bit, but uh, man, LSU gets the big win over in over Wisconsin, the ReliQuest Bowl. We recapped, uh, you know, that yesterday, but wanted to kind of get your thoughts of any, uh, any things that you saw in person and just your overall thoughts from the game and what stood out.
3: Yeah, so I think just kind of having boots on the ground it gives you a different perspective. You know, we weren't watching the live broadcast or anything, but, um, you know, I, I do think that, you know, the, the, the offense was, was probably something that stood out to me. I mean, going in, we were all curious about how it would look, um, how it would be called for Garrett Nussmeyer, how he would look in that game. Um, really, really thought that they did a, a nice job overall. You know, look, there's going to be some bumps and bruises along the way. There was mm-hmm. obviously the interception, which was not, uh, you know, a great read, great throw from Nuss on that part. But, um, you know, there were a couple of, you um, yeah, it took him a while to get the, the run game going, too, that which which really never was uh, kind of established. And you really had to lean heavily on Nuss's arm uh, in this game. So uh, you would have liked to have seen, I guess, a little bit more consistency in the run game. Um, but, you know, look, at the same time, after not scoring in the first quarter, I think you score touchdowns on – four of your next five drives or five of your next six, something like that. And you're able to kind of ride the momentum there going into the, the the, the stretch down the stretch there. And that, that, that to me, I think was probably the biggest thing, Um, you know, just in terms of watching the game, that 98 yard touchdown drive at the end there, that's kind of what I think you can expect from this offense going forward. That, that was a really, really impressive drive uh, for, for Nussmeier, obviously for, a lot of the players involved. I mean, you look at the, the, the pieces that were involved in that drive. Kyron Lacey yeah. catches a 43-yard uh, catch. Uh, I think it was Hilton that caught the 37-yard catch. Uh, I think you had uh, Caleb Jackson in there for a lot of that drive as well. And then you cap it off obviously with the four-yard touchdown to Brian Thomas. But a, a lot of those pieces that were utilized on that final drive, those are going to be big-time players for you next year. Uh, and guys that, you know, you hope are, are going to be able to take that next step. And I, I did think that uh, Kyron Lacey had a really nice game. I thought Chris Hilton played really well. Um, you know, Caleb Jackson obviously had the 12-yard touchdown run. Um, you know, Josh Williams, we're still not sure, obviously, what he ultimately decides. But 12 carries, 51 yards, average four yards a carry. He did his job. I thought he did a really nice job, uh, you know, kind of, leading the rushing attack and uh you were able to get a bunch of guys involved. Mason Taylor, seven catches for 88 yards. Like there was uh some real positive developments there, I think, offensively that you can really lean into this offseason now that you know Nuss has five, six months to work with these guys uh, and get that timing uh correct with him as the starter. Um, but and then you kind of look at the other side of this and very inconsistent defensive performance. You know, I, I would go as far as to say it was a very poor defensive performance for most of the game. You got a couple stops there down the stretch. That last stop was 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 you know I think something they can pat themselves on the back for. Obviously the Greg Penn um, sack there on fourth down that kind of put put everything into perspective and got LSU you know kind of uh, solidified with that win, but. Look, the, the the secondary, you know, was was really beat on. I think a lot for a lot of this game. Um, you know, the, the, the Tanner Mordecai came in, I think with six touchdowns. He had two by the end of the first quarter. Finished with three. Uh, he threw for a season high, three hundred seventy-eight yards. I mean, LSU's defense made him look pretty unstoppable for a lot of that game. And mm-hmm. you know, credit to him, he was making some really good throws as well. But uh, I think it was also just an indication of, okay, I think there's going to be some changes that that definitely need to be made here. Uh, you know, you, I think that that was a reaffirmation, and I wrote this in our three observations piece, that there needs to be some kind of change uh, on, on the defensive side of the ball with the continuity you have returning on from a personnel side. I just don't see how it makes much sense to walk it back with a lot of the same coaches, so – I do think that there's going to be some decisions made here over the coming days and weeks now that the, the season is over. That seems to be what Brian Kelly uh, wanted to do was wait until they got through this bowl game, got through recruiting for the most part of this 2024 class. And now he can really evaluate the staff and uh, make the make the proper calls here on 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 defense and on offense. When, when you know if, if they think that they, uh, uh, you know, have Joe Sloan and Cortez Hankton penciled in as the offensive coordinators or not.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, we went from in about a week and a half, Glenn, to oh, uh, they're going to play Wisconsin the bowl game to just a plethora of storylines coming out of this game. And look, I, I thought that Brian Kelly and Garrett Nussmeyer did a good job of kind of talking about the game post game, but also just kind of relaying, hey, this is what we have going forward. You know, this is what this is what we hope to accomplish going forward. Obviously, offensively, uh, you know, they feel good about their chances. You know, I mentioned too in a day and age where people might look at bowl games and say, oh, you know, it, it is what it is. This is massive. Like, we saw how massive the Citrus Bowl or the cheese hit Bowl, whatever you want to call it, last year was for a guy like Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe in September, October, we're talking about, man, aren't, aren't LSU fans glad that Garrett Nesmeyer got to take over the reins in that bowl game to get – game reps, game speed reps that are going to matter really ultimately more than anything he can get, you know, in a workout in T-shirt shorts. I mean, it's just you can't really replicate that, especially that 98-yard drive that you went to. But, you know, when you look ahead to next season and into this offseason, Nussmeyer was talking about, you know, it builds confidence. It gives guys confidence that I think maybe needed. And for me, you know, guys that have to step up because of, you know, outgoing NFL talent. Uh, I think, you know, games like Mason Taylor, like that was a massive storyline in this game where maybe Taylor gets more involved in, you know, what we thought he was going to be this season and becomes its favorite target for for Nussmeyer. But what do you think it does for the confidence of some of these guys that say, hey, you have to take a step up and you kind of showed that you can do that in a game like this?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was you know, majorly important. I mean, I think, you know, at least offensively, the the scheme early on was quick, short reads, uh, get getting some yard chunk yards here and there uh, which was something that fits the Mason Taylor profile perfectly. I mean, going back to his freshman year, he was kind of the, the safety valve, I would say for, for Jaden in his first year as a starter. You certainly saw that with Nussmeyer here in his first start, how, you know, he, he didn't have a ton of like deep throw balls to, 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 to uh, deep throws to, to Mason Taylor. There were a lot of chunk yardage that Mason was able to turn up field for yards after the catch. But, um, but yeah, it's a big, uh, big step forward I think for him. I mean, that was his best game of the year uh, for, for for Taylor. I think there you can make an argument that it was certainly Chris Hilton's best game of his career. I mean, like he he looked like a legitimate SEC receiver, and and that was you know he just kind of got caught behind you know two of the best in the conference or in the country this year and Brian Thomas and Malik Neighbors. So you just didn't get to see a whole lot of these guys outside of a Kyron Lacey make that kind of impact that you were hoping they could. Um, but, you know, I think a lot of those guys stepped up in the bowl practices. You could see it uh, with Shelton Sampson. I thought he had a really nice mm-hmm. you know, several days of bowl practices. Didn't get a catch in this one, but I think he's still a big part of the, uh, the program's future at receiver and they would love to get him further involved. Um, you know, look, there's, there's obviously this thing hanging over LSU's head right now with the Hurd and kind of where, uh, he ends up going what what they ultimately decide what conversations they have this week about maybe getting him to stay. Um, but, you know, D.J. Chester, I thought, you know, came in and had some nice moments. I thought you had your, your, your pretty much your entire offensive line out there for most of the game. Um, and and just did a really nice job overall, I think, of kind of, uh, you know, giving Nussmeier some time. You know, they they weren't putting, you know, they weren't opening up the whole playbook for them. They were just making it simple reads, simple uh, constructions here with their scheme early on in the game. And I think as you saw, as this offense got a little bit more and more comfortable that, that, that he, they were willing to take some more chances when you saw the deep ball to Brian Thomas early in the game, uh, that was, that was a good sign for me that they, that they trust us completely to run this offense and that they, that he's going to be willing to make those throws. I think it was just about more, them trying to get him into a rhythm. Um, and I think that was absolutely the way you go. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that that's kind of the offensive side of things. Um, I don't know if there's anybody defensively that maybe you wanted to shout out that, you know, could kind of take this into the, the off season in terms of performance. I mean, guys like Deshaun Womack maybe, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Whit Weeks, you know, just, just anybody that kind of stood out to you on the defensive side that, that kind of could take this momentum and fuel it into the offseason.
2: Well, you know, you mentioned Womack, and that was a guy that we highlighted in kind of the preview of, you know, he's going to get the start. How can he take this and use it as a launching pad? But I even throw another one out there. You know, it's still kind of unsettled what Makai Wingo is going to do, uh, you know, with with his decision. But Mason Smith. I mean, I thought Mason Smith probably looked the best that he had looked all year, uh, and and it wasn't just in spurts. Like he was consistently beating his man. Uh, looked like the pad level was a, was way better. Um, I saw one, Glenn, and I know this is more from the broadcast angle. It was one of the uh, it was one of the final two drives. I think it was the last drive where Pete Jenkins comes over and like kind of gives Mason Smith the hug. So if you've ever seen Pete Jenkins and Mason Smith, two vastly different size humans, uh, those two guys you know embracing, and so I, I think it's probably been a frustrating season for Mason Smith, knowing the competitor that he is, how much he wants to be out there. I still sit in the camp of, look, he might have physically recovered from that ACL tear with the mental battle, the mental hurdle to be able to play at an elite level like he can uh, was something that was missing. And so I don't think that he was – necessarily the best player out there for you i just think we saw some things of okay that's what mason smith can't be uh when he was disrupting uh you know tanner mordecai and that and that wisconsin offense but yeah i I think smith was nice you know if wingo decides to come back you really got to kind of see glenn especially in those final two drives what they can do uh you know along that defensive front
0: hey i'm brett podolsky Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, I agree completely. Um, I think that those two um, and why you haven't seen LSU maybe go head over heels in, in the defensive line in the portal is because they feel good about where they're at with those two guys. I mean, we'll wait and see, obviously, what their ultimate decisions are, but. Um, you know, I think I think LSU is going to be in a good position on the interior D line. I mean, not 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 to kind of jump ahead here or jump around, but like the the recruiting here is really taken off. I mean, the, the, obviously the addition of Dominic McKinley now yeah. you add that to this group. Um, Gabriel Relliford is a guy you picked up right before the early signing period, probably more of an edge, but. Uh, another big body that you can kind of throw down there to maybe compete for some snaps. I mean, you get, you got you know, hopefully Paris Shan coming back. You've got obviously Braden Swinson who didn't play in this game. I think he was a little nicked up. Um, but you know, he, he, he certainly is a guy that I think uh, can help you fill that Jack spot and uh, certainly can contribute with Womack and Jackson Howard, who I thought also had some mm. some good snaps in there as well yesterday. Um, so I think that they are, slowly but surely getting this thing and on the right course. And look, when you think about what they had to go through last year as a defensive line, they went from Jamar Kane to Jimmy Lindsay, unfortunately with, with what happened with Jimmy Lindsay, he had to kind of step away from the team for a bit. You got John Jancic, you got Pete Jenkins. I mean, that's a lot of ears are uh, a lot of mouths in kind of your ear there for a, a good yeah. portion of the year uh, in terms of you know, how they see the game, how they want you to develop and, um, you know, I think you know, we'll see kind of what happens here, but uh, bringing in somebody maybe to help with the defensive line or, or to be the D-line coach while Lindsey continues his recovery in an administrative role, that does seem to be where it's kind of leaning right now. And if you go out there mm-hmm. and you bring in somebody that uh, can be a really good developer, a really good recruiter for you, build that room back up to where you know it can be under in this program um, then that's that would check a lot of boxes, I think, in terms of kind of the decisions that LSU and Brian Kelly want to make uh, this offseason in regards to the coaching staff.
2: wanted to kind of end it with this topic of conversation because I thought it was interesting that Kelly was asked about this, and it's been something that you and I have talked about, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's in the uh, press box. But, you know, within the scope of where this program was just two seasons ago, uh, you know, Brian Kelly was asked, you know, where he felt like the program was. and a word that he consistently used was, he feels like it is stabilized. They've kind of gotten themselves on solid footing. Uh, it does not mean that they're happy with the ten win season. That's not the goal. He's reiterated that very passionately several times throughout the season. But your your thought, because look, you covered this team two two years yeah. ago. You 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 saw what this team looked like uh, when Kelly took over. Where do you feel like the growth has just been? And how impressed have you been the job with taking what was 34, 35, 36 scholarship players and turning that into back-to-back 10-win seasons? And now as you enter a year where you're in the 12-team playoff, you can say, okay, now we have gotten to you know a foundation. We've stabilized ourselves. Now it's time to really begin that ascent.
3: Yeah, I think stabilize was a good word that he used. Um, I, I do think that they're probably in a better position offensively than maybe defensively, and we've talked about that a ton here over the last month. They've got to get – this to be a more competitive, aggressive defense for this team to be taking that next step. Um, and, you know, we, 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 we've seen it some with their additions via the 2024 class and and, and out of the portal. But um, I think everyone would be in agreement that they would like to see more in terms of additions and in terms of yeah. bringing in impact, high level winners Uh, into the program on that side of the ball to really help you kind of take that next step and get a little bit more even keel with where the offense is at because, look, offensively, I think they're in a great spot. I think they're in a really nice spot. They obviously just had a really historic season under Jaden Daniels, but uh, even watching yesterday, I think you can see that this is a group that can continue to have success even without the Heisman Trophy winner here. I mean, I think that they can continue to evolve as a group. It might not look the same. It might not be... Quite what it was this year, but I don't think most offenses could be quite what LSU was this year. I mean, it was a pretty, uh, you know, uh, historic one of one kind of year um, for, for for LSU. So, look, I think that they, they they they've set the principles in you know in place. I think they have a lot of guys now that have been in the system now for two for two seasons that kind of understand what the expectations are, what mm-hmm. they're going to be asked to do on a day in day out basis, and you kind of get those guys to be the leaders of this thing and you try to bring those other guys along, those newcomers, those, maybe those one year transfers that you're bringing in. There's two year transfers that are coming in. Um, those freshmen, obviously, um, because even guys that you know, like like freshmen, like guys that were on this roster this year, like Welmack and Weeks, I mean, those guys have spent a whole year with the program, but also spent a whole year being recruited by these coaches. So they they're kind of there's a familiarity now, I think, with this coaching staff and the current roster. And I think that you see that with the level of retention that they've had this year, um, and, and and what they're striving for. They they want to bring a lot of these players back, and I think there's a, a yeah. good reason for it. Um, now it's just about trying to figure out, OK, where where do we see those players fitting into our scheme? Do we need to change the scheme? Do we need to change how they're being coached, how they're being directed? Um, and, and just kind of where you go from there, I think, is going to be a big part of what Brian Kelly uh, you know, has to ultimately decide here over the coming days and weeks. Um, you know, so there's you, know, you got that going on. You've got obviously a, a great string of recruiting here that you're kind of on. You're on a heater. Uh, obviously, with McKinley and Relaford recently, you've got Harlan Berry out of the 2025 class set to commit. Uh, I would imagine by most by the time some people see this, he he already will yeah. have committed to a school. Um, and you got you know that that kind of in your back pocket. You've got Bryce Underwood decision coming here on January sixth. Uh, that's 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 tentatively, I think, to be decided at this point. So um, you know there's there's a very good chance here that LSU could go on a big run. Sonny's written about it. Uh, we've talked about it some. Um, and that would be even uh, another thing that you can kind of add to the fuel of the program here is you're trying to bring in elite level staff, elite level uh, players and, and and pieces that you think, can be, can bring you to that championship level. And so uh, I, I do think this is just a roundabout way of saying that LSU does, uh, is in a lot better position than they were, obviously, when Kelly took over, this was not a program that was, uh, you know, kind of functioning in a, in a, in a, in a good way, good manner. Uh, when Kelly got here, uh, they've, they've been able to kind of catch up with the scholarships. They're, they're actually going to be in a position this year where they might have to cut loose with a few guys that, that you know kind yeah. of you know cuz they are over that 85 scholarship limit right now. So uh that's you know that's another indication here that you've got a lot of the right people, a lot of the people in the building that you wanted to have kind of build that foundation up and now it's just about uh taking it to that next level and obviously being in you know with the with the 12 team playoff next year that absolutely has to be goal number 1. If I'm if I'm mm-hmm. LSU and I'm sitting in there um, and I'm on the outside looking in of a 12-team playoff in the first year, that would be a step back to me. I think you have to get into yeah. the playoff conversation next year, uh, and a lot of the decisions that Kelly has to make, a lot of the internal development that these players have to make uh, over the coming months will dictate just kind of where LSU stands and all that.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And Garrett Nessmeyer answered the question and thought it was an interesting quote. Talking about, you know, that year three that Kelly has mentioned. A lot of new head coaches talk about, you know, year three is the one that you really want to take off. And he said, you know, when a new coach comes to a program, most people say the third year is a special year. Really proud of the strides that this program has made. You see more buy in. Uh, when you have a bowl game nowadays, you have everyone in the roster play a game. That's pretty special. It shows the buy in that we've created and the win speaks for itself. I, I think that's huge. I mean, look. Uh, it's been a talk of the past couple of days of, you know, the buy-in who's playing in a bowl game in LSU outside of Jaden Daniels, you know, didn't really have any opt-outs. And I think that was pretty special. Uh, obviously, as the Lance Hurd, you know, didn't yeah. travel to Tampa, but – Glenn, it's special. I think it's a a chance for fans to obviously, you know, be excited about the direction of the program and what's going to be an uber-competitive SEC uh, in in college football landscape here going forward. But it's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, And that's one reason that uh, not only you should be excited, but you should check out the still running that holiday deal as we over on uh, Go247, 60% off the annual VIP membership. Uh, Glenn talked about it. Uh, Sonny has been, uh, you know, we said LSU's been on a heater. Sonny's been on a heater uh, with oh, yeah. his latest recruiting tidbits as well, uh, talking all things. Uh, Dominic McKinley just decided to, uh, you know, commit at the stroke of midnight. Uh, yeah, and that Sonny's was... been having
3: his flu week. He's been out with COVID for a little while, but he's been having his flu game, man. He's been on top of a lot of <laughs> stuff. And, uh, you know, we definitely want you guys to check it all out because there's could be some really interesting moves on the horizon here for LSU.
2: Very, very well could be, and uh, hey, not just football, but basketball as well. Baseball season right around the corner, Glenn. I know you were busy covering, but that uh, that little hype video they put together with Hayden Travinsky, man, I-, I was ready to run through a wall. Like I'm ready, I'm ready to see some some LSU baseball. That was a ton of fun. I don't know if you got a chance to see that little clip.
3: I actually didn't. I'll have to go check it out today while I'm in between flights and trying to stay awake after a, a pretty long night last night. I was trying to watch the end of the Texas uh Washington game that really I just did not stay awake. It was one o'clock in the morning over here and I was just I was just about dead. I was like I was I just I put my head down and I was just before I knew it it was nine o'clock the next morning. So <laughs> Well, that's fine. That's fine. But
2: Glenn, hope you have a fantastic trip back uh, to Baton Rouge. We'll be glad to get you back here uh, in the saddle as, uh, man, we enter spring sports season, spring football recruiting, and a uh, good reason for you to stay tuned to the podcast and to our website over at Go247. This is the Go247 podcast. We appreciate you if you're watching it on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Hope you had a fantastic holiday season and a good new year. And, uh, you know what, Glenn, today is actually the one year anniversary of me being, being with you guys. So, right. uh, man, time has go. flown. Time has yeah. flown. It really from, has. Uh, it really, really for has. one year. And, uh, we, we can't wait to, uh, ring in another great gear, but we'll catch you next time here on the go 24 seven podcast.